Hi guys, and welcome back to the Blank Page Podcast, episode two, with your hosts, Rachel and Lorraine. And today we'll be talking about literary fiction, the sexiest topic in the industry. Just kidding. But seriously, guys, the topic of literary fiction has been a huge debate within the industry for years. Probably longer than we've been alive. Probably. And today, Lorraine and I are going to jump in and join the discussion and talk about what literary fiction is, if it's separate from popular fiction, and just discuss how a piece of fiction is determined to have literary merit across genres. All right, let's get started. Jumping right Mm -hmm. in. The definition I found, um, because I'm just telling you right now, like, I don't know about you, but like searching through the internet for like an exact definition of what literary fiction is, um, I don't know about you, but a lot of these definitions are pretty fucking arbitrary. Not only arbitrary, they're like seem to be inconsistent between sources, and depending on who's talking, they ha- may have like their own concocted definition. Like this is my definition of literary right. fiction, and this is how I craft my definition. That doesn't mean that everyone else will agree to it. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But then why am I listening to you? <laughs> but not, yeah, but why is it this whole, like why, that? and then it begs the question, why is there this whole debate if everyone has a different definition? So I took it upon myself. To go to the God of Knowledge. <laughs> yes, to go to the, yes, to go to the altar of the all-knowing Wikipedia. And the definition that I found that was pretty um, consistent, and then you'll, you'll have your own definition, right? Yeah. I think that you found... Okay. And so Wikipedia says, um, it is a term used to distinguish novels that are regarded as having literary merit for most commercial, otherwise known as genre fiction. So um, let's go ahead and hear your definition, and then we'll jump into the rest of the discussion. And personally, for my definition, um, the source I use is a website called New York Editors. Of course. <laughs> yeah, guys, sorry. She's just getting, okay, not even getting over, sick, but like, she's like, right now so she's going. You're going to yes, have like, a has... lot of clearing my throat. I'm, I promise I won't put that in the <laughs> final podcast, but it will be there. Random jump cuts will exist. Because I'm, like, removing all the coughing and drinking water and sneezing and all that lovely stuff. Yeah, and hopefully uh, you guys won't catch it through the ether of uh, the internet. So, um, back to my definition. I got it from a website called New York Editors. And it was really odd because um, they first defined what were the characteristics of genre fiction and then use that to define what literary fiction was. So first they told you, hey, this is what genre fiction is. It's um, popular fiction, it's yada yada yada. And then they explained that literary fiction is everything genre fiction is not. Yeah, so like, um, like why don't you tell us what genre, like what definition you found for genre fiction? Because that is pretty consistent across the board. So for genre fiction, they called it also popular fiction. (laughs) It's a term used in the book trade for fictional works written with the intent of fitting, fitting, Mm. fitting. Oh, the Southern in you is coming out. (laughs) Fitting into a specific literary genre in order to appeal to readers and fans already familiar with the genre. 
So it's kind of like making a cookie cutter dinosaur for people that already love dinosaurs. So. Oh, that's a cute analogy. <laughs> that just made me feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about like defining the shape all that well or worrying about how you're going to use a stencil tool to carve out the edges. It's a perfectly cut dinosaur. Indeed. But like, honestly, I really feel like the definition, because like, I feel like both of those, the definition that you gave and the definition that, you know, the God of Wikipedia gave um, seemed very similar, although, you know, slight differences in word choice. Um, I really feel like it's pretentious (laughs) as fuck (laughs) because it, to me, like, it's like, it's everything that genre fiction is not, but then you have all these authors that have been given a literary award, like, um, Ursula Le Guin, who, um, received an award and she's a science fiction writer. And then even literary fiction magazines, such as Clark's world magazine, it's been given a Hugo award, Mm. you know? It's like you have all these, you know, so-called popular fiction writers that are being nominated for all of these literary fiction awards. And yet the primary definition for literary fiction is everything that genre fiction is not, which is crazy to me. It really sounds like, like you said, an arbitrary definition that was to me created by academics to establish what is worth reading and what should be discarded like it's a completely flawed system yeah and i i have to think that at some point like everything that we regard as great at some point was considered trash by some academic like mark twain which is like what mark twain was like the first writer which i was actually exposed to in a manner that like this great academic writing and then i researched Mm -hmm. him and when he was writing people didn't think of him as a great writer because of his use Mm. of slang terminology and he had to actually create something that was on the level of everyone else to be accepted as a true writer which was i believe the prince and the pauper was written specifically to show everyone that look i am actually a great writer at some point in time mark twain was not allowed to be used in you know academic settings and now it's he is a very well-used writer in academic settings yeah same can be said for zora neale hurston like and i think edgar Allan poe had the same issue all of these people at some point or another had to jump over the hurdle of being accepted by academics whether it be during their lifetime or after the lifetime which really sucks that is not something as a writer in 2018 as a millennial who like lives in this age of instant gratification that's not something i want to hear like (laughs) oh by the way you will be a great writer one day but like 50 years after you're dead and that's when like some random person will rediscover your writing and that's when you start getting your rewards and it's just like you don't want to imagine that you're just desserts you're just desserts through the ether of being in the grave (laughs) right and it's like by the time you're dead i don't know about the rest of you by the time you're like you know, knocking on heaven's doors. Mm, fuck everybody on earth. I ain't got no problems no more. But seriously, though, you wait 50 years until after I'm dead. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done with my tangent. <laughs> That's just like, it just, that just, uh, that, how does that make, how does that not hurt your feelings? It's like, not even like, like right after you're dead, you know? It's like 50 years after you're dead. It's like, that's, that's wow. when you get your just desserts. Too soon? <laughs> really? 
too soon i'm dead <laughs> like it's it just i don't know it just blows my yeah, mind so like this entire really, idea of like these works that deserve uh literary merit are the ones that are literary fiction that's so wrong in so many ways and obviously everyone's going to say hey it's a wikipedia definition it's the most common definition i mean they even have uh citations at the bottom of each each wikipedia no, I, article, I know so, but like you know um... how people say like it's it's crafted for the most common person out there and i'm like yeah it is crafted for the most common person out there because whatever writer is starting their journey and is confused about what their teacher keeps talking about yeah they don't need some really overcomplicated, arbitrary definition yeah. they need something you know they need something tangible something that is easy to understand that use terminology that they know so far they just they just they need consistency they don't want to hear that hey the only way you're going to be able to write literary fiction mm -hmm. is if your literary fiction deserves an award yeah and that's so crap and actually, oh my gosh do you remember oh undergrad <laughs> it's the same thing happened uh with oh god um, we're gonna call him john and john our creative writing professor larabe and i um we just kept getting no, not like answers. Can... That's what we kept getting. No, 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 no. Before that, let's rewind. Let's go back to the story, Lori. <laughs> you know, stories have. This is a writing podcast, so every story has a beginning, middle, and end. So we no, were taking this class has, with like, exclamations where Lorraine just randomly starts shouting. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and so we started taking this class with John the asshole, very pitiful bastard. But anyway, <laughs> um, we were taking this class, and like every short story that we put up would get derogatory marks and also some really nasty criticism from him that wasn't really constructive and you know we really tried our best we like google like we like researched what this thing was and it's like we couldn't understand and we couldn't put things together and because like i like literary fiction i don't know about you larry but i i really enjoy literary fiction but it was trying to put a name to this thing that you enjoy that you have to understand in order to write for you know to get a passing grade yeah because like yeah. i mean it's creative writing like i i at, at the end of the day you still want a passing grade <laughs> exactly um i don't yeah we didn't want our gpa to get like railed de hey. <laughs> yeah we didn't want it to be derailed because of a class with some jerk so you know one night after one of our critiques um we asked him we said hey could you tell us and could you define literary fiction could you tell us exactly what it is because you know you're just throwing this word out there with like no background information and mind you mm -hmm. before that i had never truly taken a writing class so i didn't have any exposure of like what literary fiction was i didn't i didn't hear that word all I knew was I wanted to write, and there was this class available where I could learn how to write. And how cool is that? Yeah, that is so legit. Because it's like, it's always something that like pretentious people are always like, oh, I can't teach you how to write. But anyway, and so we asked him, and his response was shrugs. I don't know. What? <laughs> like, as this class I'm expecting and trying to pass, and you're my professor, and you don't know. And, like, now that I'm older... Do you not know? Or, like... 
yeah i'm actually, kind of paying you going. i'm kind of paying you to know but it's that's that's something yeah. that's another episode for another day but the point <laughs> is i i don't know about you Lorraine, but like i didn't really understand where he was coming from until i got older and started to you know really dig deep into my writing really get into these literary yeah. stories like, and finding out you know like what it all meant and definitely like now i understand looking back mm -hmm. looking back like I, I feel like there were moments where i misjudged the man yeah like, rather harshly um but that's that's life right you grow older you get wiser and then you realize hey i was an asshole <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was a pitiful man i'm telling you he was a pitiful bastard i still say it to this day poor guy yeah he's just uh poor. forever immortalized in our memories as the pitiful bastard yes yes the pitiful bastard asshole but anyway um yeah totally so like yeah like you grow up and like you like dig deep into your writing and you find out you know what exactly this thing is i said it's this broken system of repeatedly saying you know who deserves this and who deserves that and it's like okay what really determines what is what determines like what deserves what yeah what, what like how do you yeah like how do you determine if a piece of fiction holds literary merit or not and actually back to the literary merit thing even the definition that i got which is like you know where everyone else gets their most common information from the first page of Google. <laughs> the first article on the first page of Google, which was NewYorkEditors.com, they also said that literary fiction was fiction deserving of an award. That was one of the categories for what defines literary fiction. You know, it's award ready. We, it deserves merit. It deserves award. But what is it? Yeah, back to the literary merit thing. Like, how do you determine what deserves an award? Like personally to me, whenever I'm le reading a piece of literary fiction, when we're talking about trying to especially like distinguish it, because that's a really big thing, distinguishing it from popular fiction. I think a big thing is that, you know, it's um, character driven. It has artistic language. Um, the story is more um, internal um, and especially like it's studying the human condition character driven um which is my favorite and on, i don't know about you but it's definitely something that gets confusing like that's another like that's another definition like i don't know if you've seen this already but like like character driven is always one of those definitions that is kind of skewed and so yes, um definitely character driven stories are generally when the plot drives the characters um versus plot driven stories the plot drives i'm sorry the character drives the plot so in character driven stories um as far as you know there is no plan of action per se there's no a b c there's no i'm gonna do this to get to that to get to here no, it's more of your character has this flaw or believes in a particular lie and they're pretty comfortable with the life that they're living with, whether it's good or bad. And generally, um, something happens, you know, usually within the inciting incident where it thrusts your character into a different direction in their lives. And there's a sequence of events that your character cannot control and they cannot 
change just one thing after another they don't really decide on what happens next and that's really done well in george R. R. martin's game of thrones um which is considered a character driven story what isn't done well in game of thrones like really though uh, i don't know i haven't finished it so i'll let you know then but um <laughs> yeah versus so yeah like uh george R. R. martin's game of thrones is considered character driven because like i said um the plot moves the character, not the other way around. Um, and like I said, plot-driven is more of the characters move the plot, where that's where you get in a lot of popular fiction, which is they use, the character usually has a goal in mind, and it's like in order, and they make the choices to reach that goal. They take steps mm-hmm. to reach certain goals, whereas character-driven stories, uh, not so much. They don't get a say in what happens. It's like shit literally happens. And based on their characterization, their character arc and their flaw or their lie, um, you know, and their motivations and their desires, that is how they will react to the situation. So it's like shit happens uh, based on who your character is, they'll react. And then more shit happens and they have to react to that, but they don't get to decide how the plot moves. And so when that happens, you have a lot of situations where usually like a character driven story, usually you won't be able to predict the ending. There's like very little predictability. And usually there's no clear ending because they're, they don't really start with a goal. It's more of, it starts with a motivation, the character flaw or the lie that they believe in. Um, as compared to, you know, plot-driven stories where they have this goal, they want to do this, that, and the other. The scene structures are definitely a little bit differently made, wouldn't you say, Larry? Yeah, um, for plot-driven stories, uh, this is a definition that I sort of really badly came up with, which was, um, more along the lines of animatronics set on a path. Mm -hmm. You can switch out the characters, it's very much so along the lines of animatronics set in a track, um, it is very consistent across, uh, you know, the set path mm-hmm. um, to the point where any character can replace the person who's the main character. Just because the main character has these certain characteristics, those certain characteristics don't really affect the story as much as just they're there. Mm-hmm. They may prove to be some interesting points, but just because the character has them doesn't mean that the character will actually affect the story they're in. Yeah, kind of like, um, I think the biggest example that um, I've seen with that is Indiana Jones. And I think that is yes, on point. very much so. Yeah. Like, Indiana Jones is literally plot driven. There is no point in time where Indy has anything that's a flaw that, you know, he is, I, I don't know, scared of cramped spaces yeah i totally get what you're saying like there's nothing inhibiting him from doing the indie things that he does Mm -hmm. or james bond yeah so i can see in some way or another why character driven would kind of trump plot driven because it also brings in the complexity of studying the human condition and i feel like character driven story do that really well like i said game of thrones but it's strange because again back to literary merit and if something deserves literary attention and deserves that title and that award uh game of thrones um is you know it's character driven 
and it does do a really good job in studying the human condition. And yet, I don't know about you, Lorraine, maybe uh, I'm kind of a recluse, so maybe I might have missed something. But George R.R. Martin isn't really getting any literary awards, and he's definitely not being put in academia. Yeah, I haven't looked at that. He has received anything, like, specific. Other than, like, in genre fiction, I believe he's won some- actually, I may have to look that up. I may be talking out of my ass. Don't, don't, don't correct me on that. <laughs> Let me know! <laughs> at our Twitter, at the blank page. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. The human condition. Yes. Something we talked about in a previous episode about sci-fi, one of the characteristics that we consider of great sci-fi is discussing the human condition, which is another thing that is really important in character-driven stories. Just because the story is part of some arbitrary definition doesn't mean that its defining characteristics can't be found in other stories. Language and artistic ability is sort of, you know, all over the place. Yeah, for sure. Everyone has it, no one has it. So it's just all over the place. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, a lot of... I've noticed that a lot of science fiction... Like I said, Ursula Le Guin, Clark's World Magazine, um, Mm -hmm. science fiction does a lot more character-driven human condition stories and I think that's why they get a lot more literary and they are a lot more literary yeah and versus fantasy I will say like I've had a hard time finding character-driven stories like when I found Game of Thrones I was super ecstatic but like I think another thing and probably this is more of the reason why George R. R. Martin or other writers like him aren't getting a literary award is because like I really feel that a lot of literary fiction it hinges on artistic language. Uh, what's that story called? Oh wow, um, that is so specific. Hills like white elephants. Oh my gosh, yes, it was so beautiful. I hate that so much. <laughs> You are like <laughs> two completely different thought processes. You read a lot of plot driven, and I read like a lot of character driven. Exactly. To the point, like, it's a beautiful story. The writing is lovely. It's absolutely amazing. I can't stand Oh my it. gosh. Yeah, because you don't like, you don't don't like a rock. I, I, I like literary fiction. I love Mark Twain. I adore Ursula. Like, there are writers that I love, but that one story. I feel like they spend so much time on their artistic language that they forgot that a story is supposed to have a story. In. Yeah, I do agree. But I mean, that story was like so sad. And you guys should like, we'll put that the name of that story and where you can find it in the description um, below. And I'll tweet it out on Twitter. Yes. And so, um, <laughs> took me a minute, but yeah. So like, don't worry about like trying to figure out what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like artistic language is a big thing, even especially on like, yeah. So like, um, flowery language is something that was obviously because modern, um, literature was created by, um, Shakespeare. It makes sense that a lot of literary fiction stems from the very flowery, dramatic language that is literary fiction. But I think it's, beautiful because you have these vivid descriptions um vivid imagery and i feel like a lot of times like you have to do this especially with um fantasy because the issue is i mean not an issue because like we all love the genre for these tropes but like it's like we're all reusing the same tropes over and over again so i feel like you have to find a fresh new way to say and do the same tropes without boring your readers and i feel like artistic language um and vivid imagery really does well that i 
have also found sometimes in science fiction, but you know, not so much. So I feel like kind of hard to write how much you adore the ship. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I mean, but it's not just like how much you adore the ship. It's like, like describing. I mean, what, like, what do you want them to do? Like describe the internal workings of the engine to be likened to that of the cosmos churning in the ground. Oh, that's beyond. so fucking beautiful. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is so beautiful. <laughs> I would totally read that. Actually, I want to read that now. Write that down. I want to read that. So get on it, Lorraine. I don't have to write it down. I'm oh, recording that's true. it. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at our, our BS degrees <laughs> going to soak <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that is definitely something that I find a lot in fantasy and other, like, especially like romance stories. Romance stories, I feel like they're definitely like character driven. They're really character driven and they have beautiful language. Mm-hmm, definitely. Like, I'm sorry, uh, it's kind of expected when there's two people involved for flaws to come clashing together i I don't know uh romance just creates this perfect atmosphere where you can have like the intricacies of the human condition meeting in such a profound manner yeah so like that's what i mean so like each one of these genres that we've been discussing they each have you know either one or a combination of like two of what you know academics would consider um literary merit however i think the big issue is they don't have all of it in one. Yes, they don't embody everything yeah, at once. A piece of uh, literature have literary merit is also um, internal conflict. So that's where that flaw comes mm-hmm. in. Um, and that's where you get the yeah, opportunity definitely. to create internal conflict. And so like, honestly, the biggest difference between character driven and plot driven, well, one of also the biggest differences other than, you know, the difference and what drives the story is that internal conflict kind of exceeds external conflict. But at the same time, like I said, I think when you're considering a work for literary merit, I feel like it needs all four of these categories in order to be considered literary merit. So like character driven plot, um, artistic language, Mm -hmm. internal conflict, and the study of the human condition. I really think that drives home or at least gives you a small chance to, you know, score a literary award. But at the same time, I'm sorry, but if you write literary, yeah, I'm sorry, but like if you write literary fiction, you will be broke. There's a reason why cookie cutter stories exist. It, so yeah, easily. seriously. Like <laughs> even the romance, like like one of the things that I've heard from like um, self-published authors is that if you want to break in and like get yourself out there and make loads of money, publish romance yeah publish romance and i guarantee and they were just like you know you'd make money because it sells so like i'm not here to dog out you know literary fiction is better than you know genre fiction genre fiction one's one genre is better than the other i really hate even though we did make an episode about which genre do we like (laughs) but like i mean that was just like a get to know hey that's just personal you know yeah but like don't get me wrong i'm all for a good romance like personally i can't read a story if it's, if it's yeah, good, it's exactly. good. Sex sales. <laughs> Sex sales. It does. Yeah, mean. but like, but yeah, I feel like you don't have like all four of these categories in your work. I I think it would be hard to, for an academic to sell 
your work as literary, which really sucks because I don't know, isn't all literature literary? Like it's all, I mean, that's what it means to like read literature. It's, you know, it's just the name, the name is in the cat, the name is in the definite, like it's it's literature literary. You see what I mean? Someone like totally co-opted that, like, oh my God, literary fiction. Cause you know, literature. I want. I now I want to look at the etymology of literary, the word. Yeah, literary I want to know fiction. the asshole who Thank separated you, the haves and the have-nots because it's it was a dick move. Anyway, so like Lorraine, would you say that it's its own genre? I think saying that it's its own genre is the best way to like sort of merge the two sides, mm-hmm. if you will. All the people that use um elements of genre fiction in their literary fiction and yet don't say that their literary fiction is a specific genre if you yeah, will but that would be like so hard to sell and most if you're getting if you're being traditionally published that is it would be Indeed. difficult for a house to pick that sort of story up don't you think um there are very well-known authors that have published like books that have elements of fantasy in their literary fiction but yet they're still literary fiction because the author never put the label fantasy i would agree but disagree only because like i get where you're coming from um because Mm -hmm. the story does not revolve around that element but for example say you have a story about vampires um this genre Mm -hmm. is usually considered paranormal romance however you have a story set in a medieval fantasy world and you know where the romance wasn't the main component of the story then you wouldn't consider it paranormal romance it would be considered fantasy because that is the dominating element it's still so there's nothing wrong with you know trying to categorize it but like i i think that's why i feel like it's not its own genre do you see what i'm saying because it just depends on how much of something or what is the dominant element within the story that will determine what the story is so again like i said back to the vampire anthology uh analogy you know more romance with vampires aka twilight it will be paranormal romance but you know if you have more action uh fighting it would be um uh fantasy but even so, sci-fi like you know if you had it in space and there's a scientific yeah, reason say, behind like, it you... you know uh then yeah it would be considered sci-fi you see what i'm saying it's that's the dominant okay. so like that's why i don't think you know, literary fiction is its own genre, I think. So you want everyone to get a chance. I mean, yeah, because (laughs) like I said, just because it's considered fantasy, like Ursula Le Guin's, back to Ursula Le Guin, her story was considered fantasy, or even George Orwell's 1984. Technically, it's a dystopian sci-fi, but it's still, everyone (laughs) talked about that, but it is literary. Yeah, like everyone just says, you know, Orwell is a literary writer. I mean, no, they do say that he's dystopian, that he's a dystopian writer, or... Oh, definitely. I think, like, 1984 is the quintessential dystopian. Or Ray Bradbury. 
Ugh, I, I know you do. Words. So like, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think Dude. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it should be its own separate category. I think it should also be included. So you just want it to be like a genre instead of like, you know, genre fiction and non-genre fiction slash. Yeah, I think that's. Fiction. I think that's complete BS. So we're all just genre fiction trying yeah. to. Now, like, if we're talking about like, <laughs> like I and like I think like the naming system is just really wonky because like genre fiction is also called, you know, popular fiction and, um, con- uh, what is it? What is it called? Commercial fiction. Commercial yeah. Fiction. So like saying that something is commercial or it's popular, those are categories. You see what I'm saying? You know, that's, that's like, that makes sense. Kind of like nonfiction. Um, you got nonfiction, you have, um, creative nonfiction, you have creative fiction, and then you have it broken down into yeah. commercial fiction or um, popular fiction. Because guess what? Popular fiction is just another way of saying like what people think is great at that time. At one point, you know, personal essays were a big thing, and that was considered popular fiction at one point. So it's just like an arbitrary naming system. But like as far as me personally, about you know should it be its own category no i personally feel like it definitely should just be another genre because all works of fiction are literary because it's all literature and you know and it just they're all like it's just like each one is different and it has its own genre but i don't think that means it should have its own category if that makes sense so i've never really bothered reading literary fiction yeah the only time I've ever really read literary fiction was when I was forced to read it by my teachers, just like everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Just like everyone else also reads, like, you know, nonfiction when they're forced to <laughs> read it by their teachers and professors. I've only recently act- actively started picking up stories that are literary fiction based on what I want to read. Mm-hmm. And because initially, like I said, my only true dip into that genre was with Mark Twain. Now, like looking at this whole thing and trying to decipher at which point do we decide one thing is one thing and another thing is another thing. Um, I've never bothered with defining them as two completely different categories. And personally, even in my head, up until I think junior years either junior year or sophomore year Mm -hmm. of college i've always thought that literary fiction was just another genre Mm -hmm. you know it's another category you go to to find another selection of books i've never really like understood that oh it was like completely separate no like it is not oh yeah when you finally like dive into the world of writing and you decide (laughs) you go from a newbie writer to oh, I really want to become published. Yeah, like, you know, this is my ultimate goal. I actually stop. I'm like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that this set of stories is not only its own, you know, set of stories, it's also its own category. Like, it's not another genre. It's another category. Yeah, and it's, like you said, it's so arbitrary and it makes absolutely yeah. no sense. I feel like it exists solely to make academics and to make people that genuinely care about 
putting things in these two specifically different categories because they believe that a sci-fi story can never be great enough to be a literary fiction story. That is the only reason why these two categories truly exist. No, I completely agree. But that's all the time we have today. So I want to thank our <laughs> listeners um, for listening in on today's podcast. Um, go ahead and reach out to us at the blank page on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Have a great day, guys. Love y'all. Uh... <laughs> Collecting thoughts, collecting thoughts, collecting right. thoughts.